720 WGN, this is White Sox Weekly, taking you to the bottom of the hour. Blackhawks pregame on the road tonight with Columbus. Uh, you can also visit the White Sox pop-up shop at the Orleans Square Mall now through January the 15th. It's conveniently located next to the Apple Store, and uh, fans can shop stadium exclusives and special promotions throughout the holidays and off-season. For more information and promotion schedule, you can follow the at White Sox store on Instagram. Rob Nyer joining us now on White Sox Weekly. He's got a new book out. It's called Powerball. And, uh, yeah, Rob, you're kind of, thank you, first of all, for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you on a, on a beautiful Saturday, Game 7, Brewers and the L.A. Dodgers tonight. Great to be here. Thanks for having me again. So you're, like, you're Mr. Sabermetric. Is that fair to say? I, I think it's fair to say that I have been characterized in that fashion over the years. <laughs> so, Rob, let me ask you a question. Do you find watching baseball now as entertaining as you found watching baseball 10 years ago when there was more base stealing, more hit and runs, there was less of a shift, and every single player could not take the ball out of the ballpark where now we got eight hitters hitting 20 bombs? Personally, no, I did not. And you could take it back even farther than that, the 1980s, when you had room for uh, players like Ricky Henderson, not that there was more than one guy just like him, but uh, for a player to steal 130 bases when there was room for an entire team, Whitey Herzog's team, to run like crazy up and down the lineup. So uh, the game is objectively less uh, interesting, than, in, in my opinion, than it was, at least in that regard, in terms of the play on the field, than it was certainly 30 or 20 years ago and probably even 10. So, Rob, a guy like Tim Anderson on the White Sox, um, you know, who, who, who was able to get 20 steals in addition to hitting for power, I mean, that, that's the kind of guy that's right up your alley, right? Oh, sure. You have to love a player who can do multiple things. Um, I do wonder if we'll ever see another 30-30 player or 40-40 player. Um, I'm not sure there's, there's room for that sort of, of, of play anymore. Um, there he is. The right guy could do it. Uh, but the fact is, uh, the game has become so hyper-specialized, um, and, and also teams have gotten more scientific about shutting down the running game that we're just not going to see another player with 100 steals, not unless something fundamental is changed in the playing rules. Yeah, unless Kenley Jansen becomes a starter. <laughs> right. <laughs> so your, your new book, Rob, and you've, you've done great work covering baseball for, let's call it forever here. Uh, you got a new book out, Powerball, which I believe that's your seventh book. Is that right? That's right. Congratulations. That's amazing. That's uh, that's a, quite an accomplishment. But so only, so, only seven more than you and I have written. So <laughs> we're on the come, though, Harry. Anything can happen at any time. Uh, <laughs> I'm about to spit one out tomorrow. I'm going to give a, <laughs> give a full effort here. But so tell me uh, how, how Powerball came to be. And I know you're talking about power as in the power in the game today and how everybody's looking for dudes who can uh, you know, hit 40 bombs a season and uh, they don't care about the ship. They're going to launch angle, the whole thing. Well, not only... Not only power hitting, but also power pitching, which basically, I think, more than even power hitting, has come to define the game. Uh, everything everything uh, flows from the pitchers who can throw 95 to 100 miles an hour routinely. Uh, and also the power in the front of, of the information that the front offices have now. 
So it isn't just on the field. I also tell the story of what happens off the field. And it's not, uh, this isn't Moneyball. I mean, I wish it were. Moneyball is a tremendous book, but it's just not that sort of book. It's not uh, primarily about the, uh, the game off the field or the front offices, but there's a lot of that in the book. Uh, and I think it all, the idea is to tell the story not of a particular game, which I write about, an A's-Astros game. Yes, you do. Um, the game is a framework from which I can hang all these ornaments and and uh, stories about uh, the game in general. Uh, you know, yes, there's there's infield shifting in this game, and I write about that, and I write about the attempts to beat it either with a ground ball the other way or or a bunt. Um, but that just gives me a chance to write about the history of shifting uh, for a few pages and to wonder. If we're ever going to, if we're, if it, if we're going to see even more shifting, which by the way we did this year, so uh, it really was a chance. This book, in in the tradition of some other books like it that had been written in previous decades, to explore everything about the modern game, uh, what I call postmodern baseball, that 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 piqued my interest, and there were a lot of things. See, I want r- rules put in, Rob. You cannot shift. You can, you have I'm serious like you you cannot be on the second base side of second base if you're a shortstop and or third baseman. Do you 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 laugh so you don't think that's ever coming? No, I I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh I laugh because you phrased it interestingly. Uh I, I, if you'd have said told me if you'd have uh uh suggested that to me 2 years ago. Um I would have thought you were a little nuts and it wasn't it, I didn't want to see it. Um, but I've come around a little bit. I, I don't think that the shift is somehow uh, sacred and must be preserved at all costs. The problem with banning the shift, well, two, I think. One, it, for me, it would make the games a little less interesting. I, still, I like the idea of different teams coming to different conclusions about the shift. How often, There's a wide variety around baseball. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. But the real issue is that, unfortunately, it wouldn't change much. The hitters would keep doing what they're doing. The pitchers would keep doing what they're doing. Um, you would see very little. You would, it, you would be able to tease out the change in the, in the numbers if you looked closely enough, but it would not be easy. Um, the real issue, issue is probably the wrong word, it's pejorative, uh, the, the, the the real the fundamental thing that's happening is that the pitchers are throwing much harder than they've ever thrown before, and the hitters much more than ever before are dialing in their swings to hit long fly balls and line drives, hit for power. Um, and the shift it hasn't really changed any of that, and, and banning it wouldn't change much of that. So. Uh, we really, if you really want to change this equation, if you don't want to have more strikeouts than hits, which we did this year for the first time in Major League history, you've got to do some, make some bigger changes. So, Rob, you know, you're talking about like rule changes that could possibly happen. They're talking about Craig Council affecting rule changes for next season because of the way that he's using the Brewers bullpen. I mean, are they, are they really thinking? Of- Apparently we lost Rob Nyer in a very aggressive manner right there. Yes, sorry, um, Rob. I blame myself. Well, what what Council did the other night with his starting pitcher throwing to one batter actually goes back to the 1924 World Series. 
and then it happened again in the 19, I believe, 89 uh, NLCS. Uh, I think I think Jim Leland did it, um, or maybe it was the team he was playing. But it, it, there is some precedent for it. We're not going to see that every day next season. The, the managers won't. They won't do that to each other. But I think it does make sense in the postseason. The much, much, much bigger issue, as I'm sure you guys know, is is the this use of the opener that we've seen this season. Right. Where you bring in your starter and only expect him to go maybe a couple of innings. Um, it's brilliant. It People like Brian Kenny have been preaching that for years, and it finally happened. And my expectation, if nothing changes, is that we're going to see an explosion of that tactic next season because very few teams have four or five truly good starting pitchers who should be going more than three or four innings. Most teams have two or three guys like that, if they're lucky. So it just makes sense. When you have these basically infinite bullpens, why not use all those guys? Um, But it doesn't lead to particularly entertaining baseball. We're going to wind up with more strikeouts and more pitching changes and and slower pace. So um, I think among the many things that could be done to make the game at least somewhat more entertaining for the paying, the, you know, the, the, the paying customers would be to limit pitching changes somehow, or strictly enforce limits on how many pitchers you can have on your on your roster at one time. Uh, these are fairly obvious things. The trick is getting the players to agree, the union, and that's to this point. I think the way things are now, it would be almost impossible. And, and Tampa Bay Rays, right, Sergio Romo? They were the first team to do it this year. That's right. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you do, if you limit the pitchers, aren't guys going to eventually start faking injuries? Oh, my arm, I can't pitch anymore. You know, someone else has to come in. Well, what am I missing here, too, about you're going to fly through your bullpen? These guys are going to be burnt. Well, I can tell you that the, the Rays this season had great success with it. You look at their record. You look at their record in particular when they, when they used the opener, and it was outstanding considering what – people might have guessed would happen. And the reason it can work is because you're, the, the roster rules, and I blame MLB for this, the roster rules have been liberalized to the point where teams don't actually have 12-man pitching staffs anymore. They functionally have more like 17, 18, 19-man right, pitching staff. Right. Because you can bring a pitcher up from the AAA, use him in one game, and send him right back down to AAA. And the, the rules weren't designed to work that way for many, many, many years. You couldn't do that. But now you can. You, there's a pitcher in, the, in, in my book. I, he told me that he uh, was called up seven times in one season by the Dodgers, who, who, by the way, pioneered this sort of thing three or four years ago, called up by the Dodgers seven times or six times and spent a grand total of seven days on the roster. Well, if you can do that with your pitchers, then you don't have a 12-man staff. You have an 18-man staff. And then you can use four or five relievers in every game. And those guys, most of them throw 95 miles an hour. So uh, that's, wh- that's how you get one of the reasons why you have more strikeouts than, than hits. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm feeling pain right now of what's going on. For the, game. <laughs> now, the book is Powerball. Rob, you're awesome. We appreciate it, and uh, we wish you great success with the book. Hope you tell, sell a zillion copies, and appreciate you taking the time today. Good, I really enjoyed the conversation. 
Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care. Rob Nyer, the book Thanks, is horrible. All right, uh, let's uh, let's pay some bills here and have some fun to wrap it up here. White Sox Weekly, seven twenty WGN.